But if we're too optimistic about our time, we either burn ourselves out in the process of trying to do it and fit everything in, or we just don't get it done. And then we feel really shit about ourselves because we haven't achieved what we wanted to achieve. Welcome to Scaling Simplified. A weekly conversation diving into our knowledge of teams, finance, strategies, and startups to help you scale a business you're not a slave to. I'm Pip and I'm Georgia and between us we have over 20 years of experience in big corporates and small startups to share with you. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode of our podcast. Today we are talking all about productivity and how productivity hacks might be serving you and your business, but also how they may not be serving you and your business. So I'm sure you've seen online that there are so many hacks around. I mean, TikTok is just awash with productivity hacks, right? And they're promising us that they're going to be the game changer for us. But are these actually helping us or are they putting us in this like productivity procrastination loop? Are we actually trying to do so much that we're wasting time trying to figure out how to do everything as efficiently as possible? And is it that we just need to be simplifying and streamlining everything in our business? Or are these productivity hacks something that we should be focusing on? So this is what we're going to talk to you about and some of the ways we've become more productive in our businesses. I think this is so interesting because nowadays we feel we should be busy all the time but there's definitely a saying about the busy fool so is it actually that we don't need to be busy all the time and we need to look at the hours that we have and think about what are the activities that I need to do within these hours that are actually going to move the needle rather than trying to find another three hours in your day, because finding another three hours in your day long-term isn't gonna be what takes you from six to seven figures. It needs to be much more strategic, much more higher level than that, than some time-saving productivity hack. Don't you agree, Pip? 100%. And I think there's so much to be said about finding that balance between in hustle mode and also balance mode, because you have to work hard to run a business, right? There are going to be times of your life you have to work hard, but it's all about, to me, learning how to work smart. And so why is it important that we learn to work more smart or smarter, that's the better terminology, (laughs) rather than harder? Excellent English. (laughs) So the first thing I think you really need to think about is that it is not sustainable to consistently work harder. If you don't learn to work smarter and more productively, you aren't going to get where you need to be. And I think so much of the time productivity focuses on really just getting the volume out and it forgets about the quality and the needle moving activities. And a lot of these hacks really take us away from actually getting stuff done that we need to get done because we're trying to get everything done. We're really sort of keeping ourselves in that busy work. Because, you know, it's right to have, you know, the perfect to-do list set up on Asana or drawn neatly in our planner. But actually, if we don't have time to get that list of things done and we don't know which things on the list we actually have to get done and which we can get rid of, it doesn't really matter, does it? We're just busying ourselves with making things look pretty and then keeping ourselves busy. And what we want to do is busy ourselves with really important needle moving activities. 
Absolutely. I think instead of focusing our attention on learning to be more productive and getting through this volume as work, as you say, we need to focus on how we improve our decision making. Like, how do we make better decisions around what we're doing? Because every time you are switching from one little task to another, your brain is getting more fatigued. It's using up more of its power to switch between all these little decisions that actually probably make no big difference in your business. So you're using up all that brain power on stuff that, to be honest, doesn't really count. So how do we get better at making decisions around the top level stuff? How do we prevent these distractions that are steering us off track and really focus on what's important? Because if we don't get better at that, as you said, it's just not sustainable. We're not being realistic about what we can cram in. And yes, we might have one week where we're super productive and we've won at the productivity hacks. But I don't think it's possible to do that week after week. You will just burn yourself into a hole if you try and do that. Not to mention potentially if we get sick for any length of time and we have this overwhelming list of things to do and we haven't developed that ability to, to look at that list and see what's truly important, how will our business survive through any long-term sick period? Yeah, I agree. And I struggled with long COVID at the start of this year. And one of the things that really dialed down for me is my decision making. And I thought I ran a pretty streamlined business. I was pretty good at my decision making, removing tasks which weren't needle movers. But there is nothing like being sick to really hone all your attention down to what's actually important for my business. And whilst at the time, it was a little bit stressful figuring it out. I'm so grateful for that because it's given me this whole nother level of ability to get rid of things which aren't actually helping my business move forward. But what I would love to do is make sure that people don't have to be sick to get into that situation. You want to learn how to do it before you get sick. And also, you know, I'm lucky that the business was set up really well to deal with the fact I was sick and up for so long. But if your business isn't even in that state yet, then actually you're adding even more stress to yourself if you are in that position where you have to take time out for sickness, to look after your kids, you know, to have a baby or whatever that might look like for you. Yeah, exactly. We don't want people to have to get to this point where they're sick to try this out. Definitely not. But I think what you're saying there around streamlining the decision process and what you do is something that we also really need to think about when we're taking on teams as well. We're not taking on a team that has a never-ending to-do lists of tasks that they need to get through. Um, so they are also trying to find all the productivity hacks so they can keep on top of everything. Instead, we are taking on a team that understands the outcomes that they are trying to achieve and how they can take responsibility around their own decision-making for what's important to achieve those outcomes. Because not only will that keep them not at burnout, you know, not getting sick because they're overwhelmed. It will keep them enjoying their role. But those tasks, those millions of tasks that they're now not so focused on because they're focused on the outcomes are not coming back to you as a million questions on what happens next? Where do I go next with this? And I'm working in this app to store all the information and somebody else is working in another app. And I've already sent you that email with those notes and, you know, everything is all over the place and everybody's just trying to get as productive as they can so they can be in 25 different apps. So instead we want to think about, okay, how can we do this in less time rather than how can we fit in more 
to our time. I love that. Okay, so Georgia, we have a business. We want to be really productive with our time because we want to go out and live our life and have this work-life balance. We're seeing all these productivity hacks online, but what would you say are the actual things we should be focusing on and doing to be productive without wasting all of our time working out how to be productive? Okay, so there are two sort of stages to this, but the absolute first stage before anything else is identify what your needle movers are. What are the things that actually make a difference in your business. So, and when I talk about needle movers, I'm talking about what are the activities that bring you money, you know? Because really money is what is gonna move your business forward, is gonna help you serve your clients by growing your team or whatever it is you need to do. So identify the needle movers. And then each week I think about setting my intentions for that week towards the needle movers so the the big things the three intentions for that for that week are towards working on those projects and then maybe each day how am I breaking that down on Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday to get me towards those big needle movers at the end of the week and once you've set those intentions and you know what your needle movers are you really need to think about the systems that you're putting in place and I always have this mantra get a system and stick to it. And it doesn't need to be pretty. It doesn't need to be on the latest app that you're seeing being advertised everywhere or that everybody's talking about. You just need to do what works for you and your team. And it really doesn't need to look perfect or be perfect. It just has to be functional. And I think this is the biggest thing is simple and streamlined is always better than a really complicated piece of technology, which then needs to zap to another piece of technology to work for you. So really thinking out what that system is and then sticking to it. And then the next thing you need to think about is your routine. And again, this is another thing that's online everywhere. What's the perfect morning routine? What's your nighttime routine? What's the routine for CEO success? And I don't know about you, but the most successful people that I know do not have these really long convoluted morning routines because they're busy. They're flying out to different places. They're leading their team. Things are coming up. Yes, they have good habits and they have a good routine, but there's a a large amount of flexibility in that. So I think it's finding out what's important to you and then ensuring that you maximize the ability of it and you also prioritize it so if for you getting your workout in every day before you work is important put it in every day but if actually it's just getting a workout in in whatever form it needs to be then that's fine do it that way it doesn't need to look instagram perfect to work for you you also want to think about how you can use software more effectively so often we get to this place and I see this all the time with my clients where we have Asana for this and Airtable for that and ShipStation for this and Hubbly and this and we have so many different pieces of often free software or we're paying for the the lowest level of you know the nine dollars a month software and then we're trying to stick these together in this like awkward jigsaw and it's not really working and actually it would be more productive for us to have one piece of software that potentially we have to pay a little bit more and have a more advanced version or we have a very simple system in terms of google docs and our loom videos and something that's very easy to move through and that that's what works for us. So I think one of the things that you need to think about is how can you reduce all these bits of software so you don't need to be going in and out of lots of different apps because that 
will then take away all the thoughts and the brain processing that you're trying to do. And if we do have lots of pieces of software and we need them for certain reasons, then how can we automate to make the software work for us to remove that manual element? And, you know, things like Sapio or Pabli are brilliant for that. They do all the heavy lifting. So we, we need to utilize those. Absolutely. I think it's so important. It's like using Zapier like another team member to talk between the different apps rather than you always trying to think about what's going on in them all. I also think that it's around thinking about what's on your to-do list, delegating it, automating it, as you say, or streamlining it. And we also want to think about really focusing on what's important. So for me, it's always starting the day with the most important item on our to-do list. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that it's the most urgent item. And I think often we can get confused between importance and urgency. But I want you to ask yourself every time you sit down at your to-do list at the start of the day, what is actually urgent on here that I feels important versus what's actually important? What is the needle mover? What's that revenue generator? And so you're focusing all the time on those important tasks first, because if you do those first, the urgent tasks will get done because you have to get them done. But if you spend your time doing urgent tasks first, you can often fill up the small amount of time you have to work with urgent tasks and never then get round to your important tasks. Yeah, I think that's so important. Those little easy to tick off urgent things can actually take up way more time if you allow them to. So get the important stuff done first, as you say. And I also think that it's around having a great system for communication with your team. So as you grow, because your business is going to become more profitable, you're going to be looking after more clients, there's exciting stuff going on, but you need a system where you're communicating with your team and you're communicating the workflows, but you're not spending hours on unnecessary Zoom calls. So again, it's like, what are the most important things that I need to communicate to the team? What don't I need to communicate to the whole team? What do I maybe just need to communicate to one member of the team? Or if you are the CEO of the business and you don't want to be micromanaging everyone all the time, what are the things that you need to know that will show you that they are on top of their role, that they are doing a good job? And how can they display those in a really simple way that you can just check in, see what those numbers are, see what those results are, see what those outcomes are and understand, yeah, brilliant. They are on top of things. We don't need to check in about that. So set up a really good communication system and you'll probably have to adapt it, tweak it, take feedback, set agendas, whatever it might be. But eventually you'll get something running where you're speaking to each other without having to spend hours in team meetings. And it's being realistic about your time, right? Isn't it? Because Team takes time. You can't just hand something off to a team member and that's it. You never need to think about it again because you need to build in that time. You need to be realistic about your time that you can support your team in doing it. And you need to be realistic about your own time. I think it's time, and this is a hard truth probably for a lot of people, but we need to stop being so optimistic about how much we can fit into a day. A day only has a certain number of hours of which some of them we need to sleep, we need to eat, we need to have some fun, we need to go move our body, we need to go speak to people, and then we need to also get some work in. And so I think we often set ourselves up as business owners, often quite type A people who are really used to achieving, we think we can get so much done and my goodness, are we going to go and do it? But if we're too optimistic about our time, we either burn ourselves out in the process of trying to do it and fit everything in, 
or we just don't get it done. And then we feel really shit about ourselves because we haven't achieved what we wanted to achieve. So I think it's about taking that step back and going, okay, I'm human. What can I realistically do today? And have I built in enough space for when something doesn't go to plan or a team member needs some help or, you know, my daughter's ill and I need to go pick her up from school or whatever it might be that you have that flexibility and we've not put in so many activities to the minute all day that actually we have no space for wiggle room. Yeah, I completely agree. But I would also add in that almost the first thing you need to do is blocking the fun, personal stuff, sport that is non-negotiable for making you function to your best, the, the things that you need to do to look after you and make sure you're really on top of your game. Put those in first and then plan your work around that because the work will always happen. But if you start with work, you will push the fun to the side. Oh my goodness, yes. Fun first, then work, because if not, you'll work and never have fun. Okay, so Georgia... Have you got any examples of what it looks like in practice from when you've been in that place of trying to do everything and fit so much in into finding that balance then of being able to work smarter rather than harder and actually then being able to achieve more by doing that? Yeah, I would say it really comes down to the planning ahead. And this really, I think we'll probably have to dive into this in another episode in terms of time planning and time blocking. But for me, what really changed the way that I ran my week was firstly, as I said, planning in the fun stuff first. Secondly, not just leaving my calendar open for people to book in whenever they felt like it, to actually put those into different chunks of time. So I find that client days, you know, they're they're high energy days and there's actually only so much you can fit into that. Um, And then equally, I need a good block of time if I want to concentrate on a project. So just leaving myself 30 minutes between, say, two client sessions is never going to work. So really looking at what's happening and thinking, okay, firstly, what are the big intentions for this week? What are the things I really want to achieve? So I put the fun in. I put the work around the intentions. I look at where my client meetings are going to be. And then I see what space I've got left how much of that I want to open up to potential new clients, projects that I need to work on, and how much I want to save, as you say, for an emergency that comes up, whether that's needing to pop to the supermarket because you forgot about the fact that you've invited friends around for dinner and you haven't got any food in, or something's gone wrong in the business. So, you know, keeping those little spaces of time to to deal with kind of personal life stuff too. Fantastic. No, I could not agree more that it's getting clear on what you're trying to do and then building in enough space to allow yourself to deal with all the things that come up. So I think really what we've come to is the fact that although there are lots of shiny productivity hacks on the market, it's actually really simple what we should be focusing on. There are really just four things that we should be doing and that will really be the key to going from working harder to working smarter. And so the first of that is to stop comparing yourself and your business with everybody else. Ignore the shiny objects, ignore all the TikTok videos telling you that this is the productivity hack that will change your life. Take that time wasted on TikTok and put it into your business doing something productive or do something fun. 
You then want to find out what works for you, put in that simple system and stick to it. Again, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Just use the system that works for you. Step three, accept you can't do everything. Be realistic with your time and get comfortable with that. So you're focusing that time on those needle moving activities rather than all the busy work. And fourth, and probably I would say the most important for both of us is plan your fun in first. Thank you for listening to Simplified Scaling. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And if you know someone that would love this episode too, why not share it on your stories? And don't forget to tag us. We love it when you get in touch. Head to the show notes and drop us a DM or send us an email. We can't wait to hear about your business.